You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. The results over the last 40 to 50 years are consistent. They are compelling. They show in each and every survey that over two thirds of people are suffering from stress at the time they were asked the question. And in addition, over 90% of people said they had been stressed at one time or other in their lives. It is what the World Health Organization calls a pandemic, and I mean a real pandemic in terms of the damage it is doing to people worldwide, not just the passing pandemic that is making the headlines at the moment. I recollect a number of years ago, answering the phone to a client who was, I suppose, calling as a matter of an emergency. He was waking at 4 a.m. in the morning, going to the bathroom to get physically ill, getting back into bed at around 4.30, knowing that in another hour and a half he would have to get up to go to a job that was literally killing him, literally making him sick for starters, but as we'll discover in a minute, literally killing him. It was a new job. So he was trying to do this high pressure job and learn on the job at the time. And as I said to him, in relation to that dreadful honeymoon period that he was experiencing, that honeymoon period will end. And of course, after a few months, it did. But the key point I want to make in relation to that was, yes, he had a high pressure job. Yes, he still has a high pressure job. But does he suffer from stress anymore? No, because he made a choice not to suffer from stress anymore. The pressure is real. The stress is self-inflicted. Stress is something that we do to ourselves by taking into account what is going on around us, regurgitating it through our system for cognitive appraisal, considering ourselves to be under threat. In other words, I can't cope with what's going on and that is a threat to me. And that triggers the stress response that saved our lives when confronted by a man or woman eating beast thousands of years ago. But it's actually killing us now in the 21st century. The World Health Organization says, this is the silent killer, not stress itself, but the actual effects of stress. Because whilst stress isn't real, whilst stress is a choice we make, whilst stress is self-inflicted, in other words, we could choose not to be stressed at all, while stress isn't real, the physical effects of stress are real indeed. First of all, stress increases the heart rate. We know that when you're under pressure, sorry, when you actually think you're stressed as a result of the pressure you're under, very often you can actually hear your heartbeat increase. Stress increases your blood pressure. This is the pandemic that the World Health Organization is talking about. This is the silent killer, a pandemic of hypertension in the developed world. 
stress increases the production of LDL, bad cholesterol. And ultimately, if you keep doing that to yourself day in, day out, you'll block up your arteries and you'll either have a heart attack or if you're mindful enough, you'll realize you're about to have a heart attack and have something done about it before the event actually occurs. Now, I actually mean what I've just said because I have a number of clients who have at least been mindful enough to realize that they were under such pressure that they were doing damage to their heart, which eventually on examination by professionals in clinics was revealed to have led to the kind of blockages in the arteries and the circulatory system that would have led to death. Had they not been mindful enough and said to themselves, I need to get myself to a clinic I need to have open heart surgery. I have a number of clients in that category. I was saying that stress does other things to the body as well. First of all, it turns off the digestive system. Now, that was cool, again, if we were confronted by a tiger or a bear or some other destructive beast thousands of years ago, because you don't need to worry about whether you're going to get indigestion from this evening's dinner or not, because you mightn't survive that long. It might be someone else's dinner. But whilst that was cool 10,000 years ago, disrupting the digestive system day in, day out, never mind the fact that my friend getting up at four o'clock in the morning was actually getting physically ill because his digestive system was so compromised as a result of stress. But even low level, drip, 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 everyday background stress that is disrupting the functionality of the digestive system is causing you harm. I'm sure you remember in the old days that people used to die of stomach ulcers before, before there was medication that cured stomach ulcers. Why? Because they were doing it to themselves. Probably nobody ever told them, but they were doing it to themselves. Stress turns off the immune system. Now, anybody who suffers from stress, and you may be one of these people, will know that very often after you've been living on adrenaline for 50 weeks of the year in your high pressure job, high stress job, you go on holidays and in the first couple of days of your holidays, you get ill because the adrenaline has stopped kicking in and your immune system is compromised and it isn't fit to fight off whatever bug you might have caught on the plane to Lanzarote or the Caribbean or wherever you're going. So stress increases the heart rate, increases blood pressure, increases the production of uh, LDL, bad cholesterol, and it shuts off the immune system and the digestive system. And the pandemic that the World Health Organization is talking about is caused by the low level drip, drip, drip effect of everyday background stress, not major stuff, small stuff. The key thing, the key message from this particular podcast today is that stress is not real. You imagine your own stress. Yes. Stress is something that is triggered by the mind, was triggered automatically by the mind 10,000 years ago in a life or death situation, and is triggered nowadays by the same mechanism when we believe ourselves to be under threat. I'm not going to go into the scientific details of what is known as two-step cognitive appraisal. That would take us through the various loops and hoops that the subconscious mind leaps through to trigger the stress response. 
But the point is the stressed response is triggered by something in your own head, not by the external events. Let me put it plainly. You choose to stress yourself. Yes, it is an automatic choice, but that doesn't mean it is a choice that you cannot change. We've talked about the automatic pilot in previous podcasts and how the automatic pilot is designed to enable us to make it through the day. And obviously one of the key functions of the automatic pilot is when encountering a life-threatening situation is to kick into action so that we do make it through the day. We also know from previous podcasts that you can disengage the automatic pilot. And in fact, in order to live our lives to the full, we need to disengage the automatic pilot because the stress response isn't the only program that the automatic pilot is playing day in, day out. It is playing all the programs that you learned during your formative years that make you feel good, bad, or indifferent about yourself. It is playing the early learned programs that give you all your perceived inadequacies about yourself. And in fact, if you stop to reflect on this for a moment, it is those programs that are actually most likely to lead to the stress response. Oh, I have to stand up and make a presentation. Bang, stress response. Oh, I have to sit down with my in-laws for dinner on a Sunday. Bang, stress response. Oh, I have to say something difficult to somebody or the current situation which I find myself is going to get worse. Bang, stress response. And being bullied at work. Bang, stress response. Bang, 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 bang. And these are all as a result of what I think about what is going on, but most importantly, what I think about me. And we know from previous conversations that what I think about me has nothing to do with who I am. What I think about me is related to the programs that I have in my head that are being run by the same automatic pilot that is triggering the stress response. There is a really simple single step that you can take to stop triggering the stress response. You know what it is. Back in the 1980s, in the University of Massachusetts Medical School, a program was put together to enable patients who had been diagnosed with terminal cancer deal with the stress response of getting that diagnosis. That program is now known as mindfulness-based stress reduction therapy. Mindfulness meditation is, I was going to say at the heart of that particular program, it is that program. Meditation enables you disengage the automatic pilot and rid your life of stress. So we're not talking here about stress management or stress relief. You know, if you Google stress, it always comes up with results for stress management and stress relief. Why would you try to relieve yourself from something that isn't there? Why would you want to manage something that you only imagine? We're not talking about either relief or management here. We're talking about banishing stress from your life. And there is only one single step required, and that is meditation. Well, there's actually two, because I'm always talking about mini meditation as well. You know what I'm talking about in that regard as well. And if you don't, go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts or catch up some of my stuff on Facebook Live or sign up for my weekly free videos, the 716 of them at this stage. Sign up for those. They go all the way back to 2008. Or 
click the link below this podcast player and get involved in my free training that's going on at the moment. You will learn what meditation does to mind and body. And, and, and bear in mind, what I'm about to say is only the start of what meditation does to mind and body. Meditation enables you stop triggering the stress response. Or if you do happen to allow yourself by accident to trigger this, or by accident or habit, trigger the stress response. If you do happen to trigger the stress response, it'll enable you pull back from the brink having triggered it. Now, what do you think stopping the stress response does to your body? What do you think meditation does to your body? It does the exact opposite of what stress does to your body. I have a client who had a minor cardiac incident a number of years ago, and he was told by his doctor afterwards to get into the habit of walking every day for a start and then jogging every day. And he set himself a goal of running 5K, five kilometers, two or three mornings a week. He was told by his cardiologist that his heart rate could never go above, I can't remember the details, but obviously a high heart rate. And after meditating and jogging for a few weeks, meditating before he jogged because there's research about how much more effective physical exercise is when you meditate beforehand, that's another day's work. He discovered that after jogging five kilometers, his heart rate was lower than his resting heart rate had been before he had his cardiac incident. He was managing his own heart rate. I have another client at the moment, present, who when he meditates, hears his heart beat, and a lot of people do, I, I know I do, because it is one of the loudest sounds in our body when we actually tune our minds in to the reality in our own bodies. And this guy hears his heart rate slowing down. Meditation reduces the heart rate. In other words, meditation makes you cardiovascularly fitter. Meditation reduces blood pressure. I have another client who, when he started meditating, passed out. He fainted because having had cardiac surgery a couple of years before I ever met him, he was on tablets to reduce his blood pressure. Meditation reduced his blood pressure further and he blacked out for a couple of minutes. Went to his cardiologist and the cardiologist said, I don't know what you're doing, but your blood pressure is, is way down on what it was. We're going to reduce your blood pressure medication by half. A couple of weeks later, he got some blood tests done and visited his general practitioner who said to him, you don't need to be on medication for your blood pressure at all. He was managing his own blood pressure. But the real, the real kick out of this particular story is what I only heard a couple of days ago. He happened to mention in passing as a result of those blood tests that when he had his open heart surgery a couple of years ago, he was in a support group afterwards and they were told that they needed to get their LDL, their bad cholesterol, down from where it was, and his was up at about 4.9. They needed to get it down to between 1.4 and 1.8. 
And all six people in that little recovery support group looked at each other aghast and laughed. No way in the world could they get it down to that level, they thought. But the person who was leading the support group said, work with the diet I'm giving you, work with the exercise re regime I'm giving you and see what happens. A year later, his cholesterol, his LDL cholesterol was down at about 4.2. Not much of a difference between 4.9 and 4.2, and it's way off between 1.4 and 1.8. He got bloods back last week, and he said to me, he said, do you think meditation has anything to do with the fact that I discovered, to my amazement, that my LDL level is 1.5? And I said to him, you're obviously not very good at paying attention to what is in my online program, The Psychology of Success, because there is a whole set of videos in relation to what meditation does from the perspective of bad cholesterol. When we are stressed, we produce more LDL cholesterol, worse and worse cholesterol. And as I said earlier on, that will lead to blockages in your cardiovascular system. When you meditate, you don't just stop producing bad cholesterol. You actually reverse the buildup of bad cholesterol in the body. The bad cholesterol goes away. Over the last half a dozen years, I suppose, there is a huge amount of research in relation to what meditation does for the digestive system. It's now used as a treatment for irritable bowel syndrome and a number of other diseases that are related to the digestive system. Meditation boosts the effectiveness of the digestive system. More recent research shows that meditation boosts the immune system. We could all do with a boosted immune system in the days in which we live at the moment. In other words, meditation doesn't just enable you banish stress from your life. Meditation enables you look after both mind and body. Now, I'm only scratching the surface for the simple reason that today's podcast is about stress and how to not manage your stress, but banish your stress. There are so many additional benefits, mentally, neurally, physically, never mind the practical benefits of, you know, managing your life better or living your life better or living your life in flow so that your life just flows effortlessly. We're not even talking about those. We're simply talking about what a number of my clients tell me as a baseline. These guys or girls in high pressure jobs, and I mean seriously high pressure jobs, long hours, people who have sold their soul to the corporation tell me that at the very least, meditation enables them cope. And I know that they have peers in their businesses or industries who are not into meditation, who sneer at the notion of meditation, who have had heart attacks, been out sick on stress leave for weeks, months, or years, have retired or resigned as a result of the stress that they're suffering from, when, when all they had to do was turn it off, when all they had to do was stop tripping the trip switch that is built into us automatically from evolution, that enables us, and that's the wrong word clearly, enables us to suffer from stress. And in enabling ourselves to suffer from stress, we disable ourselves to be effective in what we're supposed to be doing, which inevitably leads 
to more stress. It is a vicious circle that'll take you down the plug hole. The fact of the matter is that, you know, in life, there is almost nothing we can control. We can't control the weather. We can't control the stock market. We can't control the economy. Individually, I mean, as people. We can't control, you know, whether the pipes leak at home or not. We can't control whether something goes wrong at work or not. We have very little control of our lives, but we have absolute control of our state of mind. And as it turns out, absolute control of our bodies too. Consider this. Research going back to the 1980s says that about 90% or possibly at this stage, more than 90% of cardiac incidents are as a result of stress. In other words, they're self-inflicted. Research in the 1980s in the United States showed that every single person who was interviewed as part of this research in every single coronary care facility on the eastern seaboard of the United States knew why they'd had a heart attack. It was their job, it was their marriage, it was their relationship, it was their finances. They all knew, and they all knew it was self-inflicted. More recently, research has found a direct link between stress and cancer. And I have clients who came to me after having, for example, their colon removed, who knew that they had done it to themselves. Heart disease, cardiovascular disease, cancer in all shapes and sizes. They're all self-inflicted as a result of us not managing the one thing over which we have absolute and total control, our own state of mind. As I said a couple of weeks ago, we're all in a state all of the time. If you don't manage your state of mind actively, your state of mind will be the one that evolution provided you with. A state of mind that is constantly on edge, looking for threats, triggering the stress response. Once you start managing your state of mind, once you start meditating, you take control not just of your state of mind, you take control not just of your state of mind and of your state of physical health. You take control of your own personal evolution because what research has proved again and again and again over the last 13 years is that people who meditate have a different shaped brain to people who don't meditate. And the most important aspect of that research is the difference is in the doing and being brain. And the difference in the doing and being brain precludes the thinking brain from tripping ourselves up and triggering the stress response. In other words, your life is in your own hands. What are you going to do about it? I've been involved in a program in the UK for the last four and a half years, the Focused Farmers Program. No prizes for guessing as to who uses this program. Without exception, everybody who has meditated for just eight straight weeks has experienced an enormous drop in their stress levels. We obviously measured before and after, and we have the results to prove it. What is most interesting from my perspective, as somebody who was originally trained in traditional meditation, which kind of says you need to meditate for 20 minutes or 60 minutes or something like that, to my amazement, our empirical evidence shows that the people who got the best results from that eight straight weeks 
were the people who meditated regularly over the course of the eight straight weeks. The best results come from regular meditation, nothing to do with the duration of the meditation. And in fact, the meditation that these focused farmers are provided with, all those exercises are at most nine minutes long, and most of them are around six or seven minutes long. What am I saying to you? I'm saying to you exactly what I said to somebody who sent me an email about an hour ago. I got an email from somebody I had asked, and maybe you've got one of these emails if you're on my mailing list. I had asked him, how is he when it comes to meditation? Is he somebody who is a toe dipper, just dipping in and out of meditation, or has he dived all the way in? And the answer I got was, I'm a toe dipper. And I'm annoyed with myself, which, of course, would add to a stress. I'm rubbish at managing my time, which, of course, adds further to his stress. He said, I work in a high stress job. As I said to him, no, you don't. You just think you do. He might have a high pressure job, but it's not the same thing. And dot, dot, dot. I can't find six or seven minutes in the morning to make the other 23 hours and 54 minutes better. Does that sound mad to you? Because it certainly is mad. All you need to do every morning before your day gets going is sit down and manage your own state of mind. When you start managing your own state of mind, you start restructuring your brain. As I said a minute ago, you start taking charge of your own personal evolution. Once that starts, for starters, you will become calmer, you will become healthier, you will start lengthening your life by looking after mind and body. Once you start doing that, once you start becoming cooler and calmer, you'll begin to be able to do what you need to do in a far more effective way. Lessening the pressure, lessening the temptation, to choose to suffer from stress. It is the exact opposite of the vicious circle that we talked about a few minutes ago. You need to look after yourself. You're the most important person in your own life. And until you look after yourself, you can't claim to be doing anything in your life that would be of benefit to anybody else because you haven't turned up to your own life. As they say, when you get on an aircraft, and I think I've said this a couple of weeks ago, if oxygen masks fall from the ceiling, put your own one on first before you help others. Same goes for looking after state of mind, for looking after health, wealth, happiness, and fulfillment. You need to start with yourself. Start it now. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, Join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called, To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit wwwwilly 